And if you do that once a day, um, you'll find that uh, the laws of gravity will bring your knees down and bring your heels in, and you won't have to struggle, and don't try to fly, and you're not going to flap your wings, and don't push them down. <laughs> 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 
that's the way to get hurt. Uh, don't force it. It will come of its own accord. Now, you know the swastika, Shan, if you put the Guravali, uh, the heel of the left foot, all the way back into the Mulabha, and take the toes of the left foot and hook them over your ankle. And just hook them over there. You can see them out there. Good. Now just very gradually lift this foot up, put it in a little pocket there, see how it comes right through, and then sit on the heel. So that if you have a straight line from the Sahasrara to the Muladhara, you will pierce all the chakras, come right through the Muladhara, into the heel of the foot, and you are supported. This asana locks you in place. So then you forget about your body. Just put it into a harmony. Don't try to become a yogi in one day. Well, four years. Yeah. It's about time. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said last night. It's not, we can't waste any more time. It's true. It's true. But we weren't going to talk about asan today. Do you know there were a lot of things that just happened in the last uh, few moments uh, that I'd like to talk about? First of all, in the Devi Gita, there's a beautiful shloka, and it translates, I don't want to bore you with the Sanskrit, it translates, without mantra, there is no yoga. Yoga and mantra are inseparably connected. Mantra, mantrayate, takes away your mind. That which takes away the mind is mantra. And I believe this is a class on mantra. And how to achieve yoga through mantra. Especially we want to focus our attention into the chakras. And a chakra <coughs> is a center of energy. In the Lolita Trishati, the 300 names of Lolita, there's a beautiful verse It says, Shiva and Shakti revolve around each other mutually and reciprocally. Who understands this? understands what is a chakra. Shiva and Shakti revolving around each other mutually and reciprocally. This is a center of energy of which there are six primary centers Muladhara, Swadhisthan, Manipur, Anahat, Vishuddha, Agni Chakra, and Sahasra. And in each of these centers of energy, you find Shiva and Shakti revolving around each other mutually and reciprocally. And that happens in every relationship where there's a center of energy. Because each gives their dominant quality to the other. And they mutually and reciprocally share the oneness. This is yoga, the union, from the root yuj to unite. The union of Shiva and Shakti, mutually and reciprocally, revolving around each other, create the vibration of that chakra, and that's the center of energy. First thing I'd like to do is to teach you how to count. <laughs> One, two, three, four. This is number one. Start in the space. This is called the Karamala. This, of course, is a regular mala. You all know that. This is a Rudraksha mala. This is the Karamala. One, the space on the ring finger in the middle. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, excluding these two because they're the one that goes like that. So we exclude these two spaces and we have ten. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That's one times ten. Two times ten, three times ten, four times ten, Five times ten, six times ten, seventy, eighty, ninety, one hundred, and one, two, three, 
four, five, six, seven, eight. And now you have the mala with you all the time. You can, at your office, at your desk, in your, in your kitchen or wherever you happen to be, just close off for a minute and go, Om Namah Shivaya, 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 that's ten, Om Namah Shivaya. Om Namah Shivaya, etc. All the way around the mala, and you've always got a mala with you. And you can be very inconspicuous. But even more important than being inconspicuous about the uses of your mala, it's with you all the time. This is a foreign object. Even though I've been wearing it for 40 years, it's still something that's separate from that I can put on and take off an appliance, just like my spectacles. But this is a natural mala. It's called karmala. The hand is called kar. And it's the mala of the hand. And here we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100, and 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. And if you want to give a little extra, don't ever hesitate to give a little more. 108 is the minimum. Uh -oh. Everything above, beyond that, you can give a little more. Don't ever give less than the minimum. But don't ever be concerned about giving more. Now, that's the first thing. So now here we were talking about the centers of energy and the mantra as the means of taking us into yoga. Because every mantra has two sets of shaktis, vachak and vaikarak. Vachak is, it means, it means something. Intellectually, it has a meaning, and it has a definition which we can apply in our lives. Boycotic means it feels like something, and it regulates our breath according to the number of syllables in the mantra. And as we breathe in the mantras and conceive, contemplate the meaning of the mantras and feel the energy of the mantras in their various locations, we get an intuitive cognition of what that mantra is saying. We become one with the mantra. We feel the mantra. And it literally takes our minds away by taking us into intuitive experience beyond the intellectual concept. We just talk about it in classes like these so we have an intellectual framework, a context in which to understand how the practices are proceeding, and what they are meant to do. What are milestones to look for along the way? These are roadmaps. And as soon as we understand the roadmap, we can make the journey with ease. And as we practice, you know, the first time you came here, you looked at the map, and you looked at the directions, and you looked at the street signs. And the second time you came here, you just looked at the directions and the street signs. And the third time, you just looked at the street signs. The fourth time you came here, you recognized the buildings. You didn't even have to look at the sign. You saw, oh, I turn at the, that fire hydrant, and I saw, I recognized that building, and you automatically turn. The same thing happens as we move inside. We study the maps. We study the street signs. We study the things that we're to become aware of along the way. How do we move our energy higher and higher and higher intuitively? And then we go beyond the intellect. And it's no longer, I mean, how many times do you have to look at a roadmap to go home? In fact, you get anywhere near your neighborhood and it, it, the, the car drives itself. It's on automatic pilot. 
And if that can happen with repetitive practice, just in a, such a mechanical function as driving your automobile in your own neighborhood, then just think how easy it is to focus your attention inward and to move into more subtle and more subtle realms of intuitive experience. That's the way it works. And this, all these principles are called tattvas, and the knowledge of the principles is called tattvagyan, the wisdom of the principles. How do you study, how do you explain your map? And there are so many ways to explain the map. Uh, in the last session, we were talking about it in terms of sound. And in this session, we'd like to turn, talk about it, the roadmap in terms of chakras or centers of energy. Starting at the base of Muladhar, the base, the mul. The mul is the base, the root. The dhara which supports. The root which supports the, the Muladhar chakra. And if we look at, at the chakras, uh, each of the chakras is a center of energy. In each of the chakras resides a deity, Indra in the Muladhara. It stands for the principle of earth. Its basic element, earth, has five objects of perception. It has taste, it has smell, it has form, it has uh, 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 sound, and rasai rupech gandicha sabde sparshe. It has touch. You can feel it. Excuse me. I have to do it in the language I think in. Uh, so uh, uh, earth has five elements. Um, in the Swadishtan is Baruna. Uh, uh, swa adishta uh, it's established one's own self is the literal translation the swadishtan the the uh, the stan where i am established my own place the swadishtan is uh, presided over by baruna and he is lord of water his beach mantra is wong it's wava. It's either wong or wong or wong. It depends what kind, what part of India you're learning from. Don't be too concerned. Varuna will understand who you're calling. Uh, incidentally, Indra's beach boundary is long. So we have long muladhara. In the Swadishtan. In the Monipur, the Swadishtana has only four properties. It has Ras, Rup, Gonda, and Shabda. It has the element of taste, the element of sight the element of touch, and the element of sound. In the morning, poor is wrong, Agni, fire. And a fire has the principle of sound, of sight, of touch, and sound. In the Anahata is Bayu, air. Bayu, long, 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 Bayu is young. And he has the element of touch and sound. And in the Vishut is Son or Ether. And his beach mantra is Hum. 
and he conducts sound. So, in the Vishuddha chakra, you have sound. In the Anahatta, you have sound and touch. You can feel it, you can hear it. In the Manipur, you have sound, touch, and sight. In the Swadishtan, you have sound, touch, sight, and taste. And in the Muladhar, you have sound, touch, sight, taste, and smell. So these are how the tanmatras, uh, the objects of perception, coincide with the chakras. Uh, now, there's an interesting process called panchakritya. Panchakritya is how do you devise an element? What constitutes one element of existence? There are five elements, earth, water, fire, air, and ether. And what you do is you take your element, basic element, cut it in half. And one half of that element is pure. That is the element. For example, maybe I could borrow your paper. Yes. And your pen. Thank you. <laughs> If this is the element of air, then this half is all air. And the second half is divided into four parts. So you have one eighth each of water, fire, ether, and earth. The same thing, if this is uh, ether, then there is one, it is one half ether and one eighth of uh, air, fire, water, and earth. And if this is the air element of fire, then you have one eighth of ether, air, water, and earth. And if this is the air element of earth, then you have one eighth of ether, fire, well, air, water, those are the, there is no pure element independent from the other elements. This is called panchakritya. This is called uh, the constituent elements of the prapancha. The prapancha is everything that's made of the five elements. So all that is comprised of the five elements, all of existence, is made up of these five elements which are inseparably connected with the other parts of the elements. One half of the element is pure, and one eighth, one eighth, one eighth, and one eighth. The other four eighths comprised of the other four elements. So that they are inseparably connected. And this is called the panchakritya. How do you evolve the creation? of five elements. Now all of these elements are in the body and they reside in the chakras. And the deities of those elements and the beach mantras of those elements is how we wake up that center of energy. So let's for the, for the moment, we'll work on these five centers of energy. Uh, in the Bhut the Shuddhi, Bhut means element. Shuddhi means purification, the purification of the elements. And that's just what we're doing by reciting the bij mantras of each chakra. Now, there is a sound that comes out of our mouths that we're not interested in. There's a sound that we listen to inside. And that's where we all like to focus our attention if we're going to perform this exercise. Puja. Pu means punya, the highest merit. Ja means jata, to give birth. Puja, to give birth to the highest merit, the privilege to sit in the presence of God, to awaken the divinity within. So this privilege, this merit, is our offering. It's something that we do inside. It's not something I, I mean, we offer outside in order to inspire the inside to wake up and look at the divinity outside. 
look at the divinity inside and see that outside is the reflection of the purest self that I could aspire to become. And that's how the puja works. Now, let us recite the Mool Mantra long, 16 times in the Muladhara.
And then you put it on the flower and make that flower as an offering to the Divine Mother. And that's the puja, or part of the puja, the privilege, giving birth to that privilege of being in the presence, of awakening those energy centers and making the union between Shiva and Shakti to revolve around each other mutually and reciprocally. And this process called Bhutashuddhi, the purification of the elements. Do we have any questions about the, this process? So, I mean, would you just clarify, some of the people that know the exact position of the different chakras? <coughs> Approximately. Approximately, if you were to take a straight line from the Sahasra to the Muladhar, they're not exactly following the spinal column, they're inside. They're a little bit in front of the spinal columns. And uh, of course, you have the Sahasra in the top. The Agnya Chakra actually is where the eyes, ears, nose, and mouth unite behind the third eye. The Vishuddh at the base of the throat inside. Anahata is called the heart chakra, but it's not exactly in the heart. It's somewhere. Follow the spinal cord. It's inside. And it expands. It's often called in the Purusha Shukta, they call it this, the, the place of ten fingers' breadth. <laughs> the Monipur uh, is inside, but it's somewhere in this area. Swadishtan. And the Muladhar is somewhere uh, almost between the anus and the genital. And there's a plenum in there. There's the bone that's uh, between the anus and the genital. If we have our heel pushing on that, we're putting the pressure on the Muladhar. The energy comes up through the Sushumna and comes and pierces all the chakras. We bring that energy up and as we practice bringing it up higher, we don't even stop at the Agni Chakra. From home we go higher and higher and higher and just sort of look down on that meditating yogini sitting there. And look down on the temple in which she's sitting. And even look down on the city in which the temple is located. And go higher and higher and higher, as high as your meditation will allow. Until you look down on the whole universe and see that everything comprised of five elements are just relating to your chakras. It's all you. That's the meditation. All the elements are inside. There's a, a vidi, a, a puja is comprised of several vidis. Buddha Shuddhi is one vidi. A vidi is like a subsection in an outline. If you were to have the capital, the, the Roman numerals and the cardinal letters and the, uh, the, the Roman numerals and the Roman letters and the cardinal numerals and the small letters. And in the same way, we construct a puja uh, by it, just like an outline. And the Buddha Shuddhi is one vidi. There's another vidi called Agni Prajvalita, enkindling the divine fire. Here is my deity, and here is the worshiper, 
I draw a ring of fire around the deity and the worshiper. And then make the fire go higher and higher and higher and higher until there's a column of fire and it goes straight out of this room, outside the temple, outside the atmosphere, outside into outer space. I look down from the top of the ring of the fire, as high as I can possibly go. And of course, everything outside the ring of fire is excluded from my paradigm of perception. And inside is only the light and the deity and the joy and the bliss of being totally alone with God. Being in the center. And as high as we can make our fire grow, that's how bright the light of our meditation becomes. In the same way, Shuddhi, as we purify the elements of existence, we realize that this is the body of Shiva. This is the body of Shiva, and all the elements are within. And now I'm looking down on creation, on all the prapancha, everything comprised of five elements as an expansion of my own self. And that's how the elements become pure. With that perception. So, actually, Augustia, in answer to your question, physically, we would place the chakras in their various locations in the body. However, the body continues to expand. And it grows and grows and grows. And we look down on that body as one of my various bodies. Because I am the embodiment of the Torah. Shivoham. Shivoham. Are there other questions? Yes, please. Silent versus practiced out loud? We. There are three forms of puja, or three forms of worship with any mantra. The first is called shabda, where we are actually speaking and pronouncing audibly. The second form is called pumsh. third form is called manas. All three forms have mantra. The recitation of the mantra is continuous. But there is one feeling that you have when I say, I love you. <laughs> and there's another feeling that you have when I can look you in the eye and don't have to read anyone else's words and say, I love you. So we practice audibly, demonstratively, externally, until we've got it so well that it gets softer and softer and softer until no one would suspect that you're doing puja. <laughs> that individual's just meditating. The puja is going on inside. And that's how it works. You start out like every other student, trying to memorize it. <laughs> and when it becomes your own, you don't need the book. The book is an external object, just like the mala. And we respect the book, and we respect the mala because it brought us 
deeper and deeper inside so we could do it without the book. So we could look our deity in the eye and she knows what we want to say. She knows what our heart is speaking. The mantra is going on inside. By virtue of our remembrance of the mantra, all the other thoughts dissolve. There's not enough space for all the other thoughts to be there. And that's how the mantra takes away the mind. Are there other questions about Buddha Shuddhi? How often should one do Buddha Shuddhi? Every day. As part of your regular practice, you should continue every day. Construct your own pujas. I've written several books of pujas, and these are guidelines of what things you can put into your own pujas. Take the things that work for you, that inspire you, add them to your yoga practice, add them to your meditations, add them to your, your devotional practices, sing a song, dance a little bit when your knees get tired, sit up a little bit, stand up and dance, uh, stretch a little bit, and then go back and sit down. Don't give up the practice. Until we are in yoga 24 hours a day, we must continue to live a devotional life. There is no alternative. The alternative is to accept an attitude of worldliness. And we all know what that's like. That. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. You can, uh, you know, it takes maybe, let's say, five minutes to do the Buddha shooting. Yes. If you want to expand it, how long can you do it for? Is there a restriction on it? And how would you expand it to that length? Well, you could do the process, uh, uh, repeat the process uh, a number of times. Uh, that would be one thing. There are certain groups of trademarked yogis uh, that have taken the Buddha Shuddhi as one practice and made that the center of their meditation so that they perform the practice or the repetition of the mantras 108 times in each of the chakras. Uh, there, you can do that, or you can move on to the, all the vidis that are included in the advanced Shiva Puja, for example, or in the Cosmic Puja. There are many directions that you could use to expand your spiritual practice. If you take your allotted time for spiritual exercises and divide it into the areas that you want to pay attention to, you know what they are. You need some time to stretch. You need some time to practice your asana. You need some time to sit silently. You need some time to remember mantras. I had, for a number of years, a real fun practice of trying to memorize two mantras a week. Just memorize two mantras a week. So I sat down for 108 times every puja, and I would say the mantra that I wanted to memorize 108 times. Uh, and at the end of the first year, I had a lot of mantras. <laughs> that was 40 years ago. <laughs> Would you just summarize, if somebody wants to add the Buddha Shuddhi to their practice and they want to practice it, would you summarize what they would do? Well, we have in the Shiva Puja books, if you all take out your Shiva books, whoever has one, whoever does not have one, have a long neck and uh, spread, uh, reach over. Uh, you have a bunch over there. Well, if they have very, very long necks. Yes. <laughs> I'm on page 129, The Purification of the Elements. If anyone wants uh, to take a book, ask Siddhananda for permission. Uh, 
So here on page 129, we have the, the uh, purification of the elements and the instruction says, pronounce each bij mantra 16 times in the proper location. So here we have a repetition of 16 times. Uh, just as we performed in each of the various chakras. And then we're going to go from the bottom up in each chakra. And then we're going to go from the top down through each chakra. Now, if you want to repeat this a number of times, you may. There is no maximum that you, that you can do. Uh, they, you can continue to expand the practice. There is no limit to how much you can do. So do, do you repeat each one before so many times before you do the next one? Or yes. Or do you go through all of them? Back? No. Uh, what we said was 16 times for each of them. Now, if you want to do one mala of each of them, you have the mala with you. Right here. So don't worry about looking for your mala or getting up because you can't. You don't have the mala. You have the mala with you. You can repeat them all 108 times and focus on the chakra from which emanate that energy. Uh, and then go through that chakra. Uh, go through the chakras. Bring the energy up. And then bring it up from the bottom. And bring it down. Now we'll make offerings. Om Ula Sringata Tiraha Sushumna Patena Jeevasi Bamparma Sivampadesho Dayami Swaha and offer a flower. Om Layang Linga Siriram Soshaya Sorshaya Swaha Offer a flower. Om Rang Shankota Shiriram Dakadaka Swaha Offer a flower. Om Paramasiva Sushumna Patena Mula Sringata Mula Solasajwala Jwala Prajwala Prajwala Swangangsa Swaha And offer a flower. And it becomes part of the puja. Do you have a question? Yes. Om Paramashiva Shushumna Patena Mula Sringata Mula Solasa Jwala Jwala Prajwala Prajwala Soangansa Shwaha. Yes. When you're repeating the sounds of the different chakras, yes. are you also visualizing that? Physically, you can sense. feel it. You vibrate it in the chakra. You can feel it vibrating and pulling the energy up. And Shiva and Shakti are revolving around each other mutually and reciprocally in each center of energy. And that's why it's a, it's a chakra. You can feel that energy. You can focus on that energy. Uh, and, and actually feel it physically. As the mantra comes, it emanates forth from that chakra. Please. Um, with the Shiva Puja beginner, which yes. I've done you know, for several years. Sure. Um, you know, it's very much a part of me. And, Absolutely. Uh, and. But with the advanced Shiva Puja, you know, there's just so much to it. And I wonder, could I take like take that part? Absolutely. And do that first and sure. do the Shiva Puja? No. no, do the Shiva Puja and stick it in. Stick it in. Sure. <laughs> Make your own puja. This will be the artist puja. And it will be extremely artistic. If I give the same book to 50 students in one day, I'll come back next week and find 50 versions of the puja. And that is how it is supposed to be. You are all going to cultivate your own relationships with God. 
It's not about copying my relationship or uh, copying anyone else's. These are things that have been culled from many rishis through many centuries. They practice these practices in this order, but you'll put them together into your own order. And as your order expands, and the number of different vidis that you put into your puja expands, then your puja will resemble this more and more. There are no two pujaris who do it the same way. And they shouldn't. The books are guides to show you things that you can add to your puja. It's your relationship with God. Don't try to copy anyone else's. What works for you, it's your love affair. And no one has the authority to tell you what it's supposed to look like. They can share with you how it looks to them. But ultimately, it, it's your romance. You'll have to experience it in your own way. Yes, please. Um, just might say something on that. You know, with our beginning Shiva Puja, it's a small little book, and it's got a CD with it, so you can get the pronunciation. With this book, we have um, a three cassette series of tapes that goes through this whole book. And then if you get our newsletter back in around February, somebody asked the question, well, I want, I've been doing the small Shiva Puja, how would I expand my Puja? And we answered it in there by saying, here are particular sections that you might go to because it might be intimidating to get this book and look through it and go, where would I start? Would you either start where things appeal to you, like maybe you just add Buddha shooting now to your puja at some point. And then you might pick a couple of other vidis and add those in if you wanted like the 45 minutes to an hour. So if you look at our February newsletter, which I think you get off the website, mm -hmm. it goes over how to add different sections, what might be you know, a prime recommendation, this section, that section, that section. And then you have the tapes, you can hear pronunciation. Yes, please. You've spoken of uh, the Kundalini as being Shakti and its movement upward to unite with Nisashma, with Shiva and Shakti uniting. Could you elaborate on that a little bit? Certainly. Uh, consciousness, what we're calling the Shiva. And Prakriti, or sh what we're calling the Shakti, uh, they are omnipresent and inseverable. There is nowhere where they can be separated. So they are all throughout in every location. However, as a metaphor, we speak in poetry of the Shakti residing in the Kundalini and waking up the Kundalini from the Muladhara and bringing her up to the Sahasrar to embrace her beloved. This is a romantic adaptation. Please don't be uh, bogged down by the details. Reality is there is nowhere where Shiva and Shakti are separate. And Shakti is not sleeping. And Kundalini is not sleeping. We are sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> what we call in the cosmos Mahashakti, the great energy, we call in the individual Kundalini. And if the individual was devoid of Kundalini, how would it function? It requires energy for all the systems to circulate and respiratory and all the other systems to function. We require the movements of energy. This without a doubt. So the metaphor of Kundalini sleeping in the Muladhara is only poetry. But remember, 5,000 or more years ago, this was really a beautiful way of expressing it. That the Kundalini is asleep, wake up the Shiva, bring your lovers together, let them embrace and unite and give birth to a whole realm of perception. Get out of your heads, get into your hearts, feel the intimacy of their embrace, 
feel the reality of their romance, put that romance into your lives. This was the message of the Vedas. I know, very applicable message to us today, even if it is a matter. Intellectually, we know that where there is Shiva, there is Shakti. So Shakti is in the, in the Sahasrara as much as she is in the Muladhar. But what beautiful poetry. What a beautiful uh, uh, expression. Divine love. Divine love is about a romance. It's not just an intellectual decision. It's not all about this precise intellectual uh, uh, understanding through the intellect. It's about feeling through the heart. So uh, that's a little bit about the relationship between Kundalini and Shakti and Shiva. Now, around each of these centers of energy are a number of In fact, all the aksharas of the universe, all the letters of Sanskrit, reside in each of the chakras. And it's really fun uh, to move from the Buddha Shuddhi into the Matrika Nyasa. And the Matrika Nyasas, they, they put the letters of the Sanskrit alphabets on the petals of the lotuses which surround the center of energy. There are 16 in the Vishuddha, 16 petals on the lotus, 12 in the Anahata, 10 in the Monipura, 6 in the Svavishtana, 4 in the Muladhara, and 2 in the Anya Chakra. And as you find all of these centers of energy emanating the letters of the alphabet, these matrikas, the, the little mothers. <laughs> <laughs> the matrikas, these little mothers are out there just blossoming on the petals of the lotuses. Uh, and they are called the akshara. And akshara means to limit, and akshara means without limitation. The vibrations which emanate from the chakras without limitation, these little mothers, are the expressions of all the possibilities of all the objects and relationships that can come into evolution to be expressed. Every root has a nam. Every form has a name. Nam and Rup. Every form that can come into existence has a name that can be given to it. And every name is expressible by a sound. And every sound is indicated by a letter. And these matrikas, these little mothers, they come out of the of the of the 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 centers of energy and they sit on the lotus leaves to, as the adornment of that center of energy. And this matrika nyas allows us to place each of the letters on each of the petals surrounding each of the chakras. And once we have, what page is it on? 141. Thank you. There's a man who knows the book. Uh, once we establish these akshas on the, on the uh, uh, petals, we feel the, the center of energy opening and blossoming, and all the vibrations that can emanate from that chakra are with me. They're all blossoming. That is creation is inside of me. Now, in this uh, particular um, rendition, we made a little code, and we said the thumb is number one, two, 
3, 4, 5, and of course, R and L. So, and... <laughs> well, it's a lot of writing to do, you know. <laughs> One, two, three, four, and five, and R and L. And we, we, there are many that are placed with the Tattva Mudra. The Tattva Mudra is placing the thumb on the space of the, the lowest uh, space on the ring finger. This is called Tattva Mudra, the Mudra of the Principle. And so uh, with Tattva Mudra, in, we'll start with the 16 vowels in the Vishuddha chakra, and we'll go om angamo om angamo om ingamo om ingamo om ingamo om ingamo om ringamo om ringamo om ringamo om ringamo om ingamo om ingamo om ingamo om ingamo om ingamo om ingamo put these vowels into their chakras, onto the lotus leaves, and we just place them there, call out their names, stand up. You know what happens if you touch a place on your body and say a mantra every day? Pretty soon you just say the mantra and you feel it. And all these little mothers, just stand up on those paths. <laughs> Good morning, Swami. <laughs> it's like the whole universe, all the vibrations, all the sounds, all the possible expressions of all the possible vibrations that can come into evolution are inside me. And that is this entire existence has emanated forth from me. I am Shiva. I am Shiva. And that's how this Matrika Nyas is the adornment of the Buddha Shuddhi. Because all these little mothers come and stand up on, on their leaves, on their lotus petals. 